Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes. The first one, episode 277, I invited Jonathan Kempe of Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack back to the show for part one of a two-part series. You'll be able to find part two over on Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack because we are sharing some really big news with the community. So definitely, definitely go and check those out. I know this week, Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack is releasing part two as well. And the second one was episode 278. And that was this month's episode of Blended. And we explored the sometimes controversial topic of tokenism. The panel discussed exactly what that means and some of the theories behind the concept. They shared their own personal experiences. And we talked about the impact of tokenism and exactly what we can do about it in our own workplaces. They are both really great episodes, so I really hope you enjoyed them. If you missed them, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. They were episodes 277 for Jonathan Kempe and 278 for Blended. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O dot com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm joined by a brand that are the experts in the design and management of global supply chains. Any idea who it is? Well, I will reveal them after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, how much are you still paying for a container from China to the U.S.? Are you paying? Oh, 50% of you said between 10,000 and 20,000. 29% of you said under 10,000. 15% of you said between 20,000 and 30,000. And 6% of you said over $30,000. We got 449 votes on this. Plus, we had some really great comments as well. Benita says, wow, this is still insane. I suppose with the price of fuel and those COVID lockdowns at big ports, this makes sense, question mark. 
Audria, I'm interested to see these results. I don't work within the U.S. market, so I don't have enough knowledge to comment, but Southern Africa rates are nearing the 15000 per TU at spot. Thank you for sharing that. Audrey Ross shares what she's paying right now, too. I averaged between the two ports I moved through, L.A., Long Beach, and New York. I did have under 10000 to L.A. in the last month or so. New York has been around thirteen to thirteen five, and um, so that was really, really great. She also says that LC rates are coming down, but still very high. John says, very surprised to see clicks above on the high numbers from China to US. Interested to see if it spikes due to port of discharge like East Coast versus West Coast. Edward, the cost of offshoring all these jobs and shutting down production operations onshore coupled with the stresses of not being in control of flow is a cause to reconsider offshoring. Edward, you might want to check out Eric Johnson's um, blog that just came out probably about a week or two ago because he talks about this very thing. Um, Zayed says, depends from port to port, but they have almost tripled within the last three years. And so thank you so much to everybody who contributed to our poll of the week. We ask you a question every single Wednesday morning. And if you want to be uh, featured on an upcoming episode, make sure to get your comments in there. And we love to see your participation. So thank you so much to everybody who participated. So now back to today's podcast and which customer facing supply chain expert is joining me today? Well, it's Unilog. Unilog specializes in global fulfillment and mission critical logistics services. Their flexible, customized supply chain solutions based on best practices and expertise work seamlessly with internal client operations to ensure time definite delivery wherever and whenever necessary. With offices around the world, Unilog supports their clients' needs anywhere, anytime by utilizing advanced technology coupled with the best team leading 3PLs and service providers. Today, Aussie Tagger, CEO at Unilog, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the importance of creating achievable solutions, embracing a culture of diversity, and how a focus on logistics capabilities can achieve a competitive advantage. Before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Aussie. Aussie is driven by curiosity, exploration, and a commitment to being the best she can be. Her years working in leading companies such as Ernst & Young, Deloitte, UPS, and UTI have given her a varied skill set, broad knowledge, and hands-on experience in information systems, global supply chains, logistics, and more. And all that experience is put to good use at Unilog, where together with her team, she helps to plan, strategize, and build Unilog into a unique global supply chain company by developing the tools, technology, and team to do it right. She has a strong desire to help people grow, achieve, and lead, particularly enjoys the opportunity to mentor women and help them rise to leadership roles in the business world. So welcome to the show, Aussie. Thank you for having me. I am really happy to have you here. I mean, when I was doing the research for the show, I already started thinking about how one episode really wasn't going to be enough because we have so much to talk about. I mean, what you're doing at Unilog is fantastic, and I can't wait to talk about that. But you're also a very 
fascinating person. So perhaps maybe you come back for our Woman in Supply Chain series or maybe even blended so that we can really capture your story. But I know for today, we are focusing on Unilog. So let's get started because we do have a lot to get to. So let's start by getting an overview of Unilog and how it all began like six years ago before we dive into more detail. So what exactly do you do and how do you help your customers? Thank you. Uh, it's, it's a very nice story, but you asked me what do we do for our customers? What is Unilog all about? And I was thinking if I was asking you, because your podcast, the wonderful podcast, Let's Talk Supply Chain. So what is it about? What do you talk about in Let's Talk Supply Chain? What are the topics? Well, so we are known for really focusing on companies like yours, companies like Unilog. Supply chain professionals have so many things going on. There's so many challenges that are happening in supply chain. And so they're constantly looking for solutions for that challenge. And so our podcast um, is really about featuring companies like a Unilog to really talk about what it is that you do so that supply chain professionals can get an understanding as to what your solution is and how it can help them. Thank you. And I think if you were doing this podcast 20 years ago and having the same name, the topics were completely different. And this is yep. Unilog. Unilog is the same. If you want to put us in a box, which I don't like, but I have to put myself in a box, I don't like it, I will put myself in the box of the 5 p.m. Six years ago, when we just started, we could say we are a 4 p.m because we didn't have the technology to manage ourselves. So we were a 4PL. Today we are certainly a 5PL in the B2B business. And we are really close to the 6PL. It will take us a few months because we are developing things. And if I need to choose a box, I will say we are a multi-enterprise supply chain business network. This is who we are. And how we help our customers I'm not sure if you had, uh, probably you've seen, uh, but when we present ourselves, there is an image of a dancer. So if someone log into the website, they will see a, a ballet dancer and they, then they will say, what, what is it? And this is exactly what I wanted to happen because what is it? When we go to a show, you see the show, it's overwhelming, it's easy, it looks like you can do that. And, and you don't think about the hard work and the sweat, and the years of practice, and the pain, you just enjoy the show. And for our customers, this is the experience we wanted them to have from a supply chain, and not to have all the pain. So we are, Unilog in a Box is a 5PL that provides a cost-effective end-to-end supply chain that supports constantly changing business needs. I love that. And for anybody that doesn't know what a 5PL is, can you explain that? Yeah. Usually, from what I read, uh, it's referring to 4PL we know. Okay, 4PL, they don't have, we don't have our own assets. We, we work with service providers. And 5PL is where they took a technology into the solution and, and became a technology and not just, I'm sorry for saying just, 
logistics service provider. Usually you see them in the e-commerce, in the B2C, but there are also 5PLs starting to, you know, to appear in the traditional, I would say, B2B supply chain. Well, it sounds fascinating, and I can't wait to dive a little bit more into what exactly that you do. And you have so many different services and solutions. So let's break them into categories and take a closer look. Let's start with global fulfillment. So you offer supply chain as a service, which integrates the entire supply chain for a customer. Tell us about that and the other solutions that help you facilitate that. Thank you, Sarah. I want to keep it simple because people are are listening and and we need to keep it simple. So I will say, first of all, supply chain is a very wide place, ocean. We decided in order to focus, we took five or six verticals, industries, high-tech, cyber defense, telecommunication, and within those verticals, which are high-value product, we chose to focus six years ago on two although we are adding now. The first one is is global supply chain. We will speak about the second in in a minute. But what is it, a global supply chain? Now, go forward. I've been around. I'm 54. So if you go 40 years ago, go back in time. When I wanted to buy a record, my mother had to take me to the bank, to the branch, and took from her inventory. She had to to speak to Yvette, the lady there, and take from the inventory in order for me to buy things. And then if she wanted to go abroad, she had to carry her inventory. She had something on her belly to carry the inventory. And then she received a magic card. With that card, she could 24-7 go to the ATM and take from the inventory etc., etc., and now you can do it from your screen. Global fulfillment is the same concept, but the inventory is not cash. The inventory is physical inventory, but it's the same. If you will ask our clients, where is your warehouse? Let's say they have 10 with us or 90, the biggest is with 90. They have no idea. They don't care. Because this is not what they buy. They didn't buy space in, out, mode of transportation. Global fulfillment is in order to grow the business. They want to deliver their promise to the market and we support them. So this is global fulfillment for us. And this is why they buy supply chain as a service. They don't buy transactions. They don't buy a warehouse. I hope it's clear now. Yeah, and I I really like the stories and the analogies so that we can, and the audience, really get an understanding of what it actually means for us and our everyday actions that have um, something in common with global fulfillment. And you're right. You know, a lot of times when we're in supply chain, we look at logistics and supply chains transactionally. But really, it's about supply chain being a service, being a driver for that customer experience, that driver for our customer's promise to their customer. And what is it that we're doing as a partner to help support them 
to do that. And you're right. They don't care what corner of the warehouse you're actually, you know, um, keeping their product. What they really want is that you're helping them to fulfill a delivery promise or a quality promise or something like that and really enabling them and supporting them in that vision. So I really like that. And so, you know, let's move into service parts supply chain. Now, issues around inventory and part shortages have really come to the forefront over the last couple of years. So tell us about your offering as well as what you've seen yourself over this time and how your solutions have really helped to address, you know, those challenges for your customers. Thank you. Um, again, service parts, we always start with the business need. So if, again, you go six years ago, it's completely different than today, but yet service parts in those verticals, if you look on an RFQ, by the way, it doesn't matter if it's global fulfillment or service parts, the RFQs got nothing to do with the result. It's like lines and space and SL. But what do they want? They don't want this. They want to have the right part at the right time, at the right place. And it's not in the RFQ in many ways. Maybe a, a KPI in page 65. But mm -hmm. service parts comes from two reasons. One, maintenance. So maintenance, you can plan, you have time, it's, it's easier. And the second is crisis. Okay, end of the world. Something happened and the machine needs to work. MRI, printing, whatever, data centers. And we took the, the crisis and we, we spoke about it and we said, what do we need to do as a 4PL in order to be best, the best? And we said, we need visibility. It's not, I'm not there. I'm not in Canada. I'm not in Brazil. I'm not in Mexico. Second, we need to control the execution. Although we are not performing it, it's not our system. It's the WMS or whatever, not the freight forwarder, not the driver. And we need to have insight during the process, not at the end, not a KPI by the end of the month, but on, on the road, let's say. And this is what we do in service parts. And we allow our clients to grow. It means, let's say you meet us and you have only 100 service agreement because you are a startup. But if you have 10,000 service agreement, then for sure, we can support you. And it doesn't matter if we have 10 sites or 100 sites. This is not the key. The key is your performance. Uh, do you need 100% SLA for, of, of uh, four hours? 98%? Who are your customers? What is the promise you gave them in the agreement? So this is our second solution, I would say. And that's great because again, you're still focusing on that promise to the customer. It really doesn't. It really doesn't matter what the product is, right? Mm -hmm. It really matters on what their promise is to their customer, and how is it that you're going to support them and empower them to hit that every single time. And uh, I love that. And I, I really like the fact that you talked about visibility, right? It's not about getting visibility in the end. It's not a, just about that KPI in the end and hitting those numbers. What is happening along the supply chain um, that you need visibility into? And how do we collaborate and work together to make sure that you get the right data and, again, hit that promise to your customer? 
And so everything we've talked about is all digital, right? I mean, you have your own real-time control tower platform that also manages everything. Tell us about that. What does it look like? What can customers do inside that control tower? What are the benefits that your customers are seeing? Sarah, I have to say something. Uh, because you use the term that we in Unilog, we call ourselves Unilogging, the people. You said hit, hit the promise like and we say that we are beating the buzzer I mean so it sounds the same it might be that for this question my, my answer will be a bit long apologize for for that because digital and control tower are sometimes hard to grasp what is it so I will try yeah. to say it from my point of view it's not a definite truth, but it is us. So let's go six back, six years back. Verticals we understand, global fulfillment, everything, blah, blah, blah. And then we said, okay, so how are we going to be the best? We said we need five cornerstones. The first, we need to be global. I mean, okay, sure, one. Second, methodology. I was raised by Ernst & Young and Deloitte. In those companies, methodology is a very strong anchor because you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You want to onboard a customer, new location, not in six months. We do that in two days. So how are we going to move from six months to two days? It looks like, like going to the moon. And then we said, okay, we need technology. We need dynamic integration. Why? As a 4PL, who are you? What animal are you? You are eating data. You, you need to sense, you need to sense the, the environment and to respond to that. And the last thing was the people. How to create a culture of people that take responsibility. So this was the fifth cornerstone. Now let's go to technology because you spoke about digital and control tower. So the, when we imagine this, and I'm speaking about her as, as a female logivice, the system. I'm speaking about her as a female. So we said she needs to do, she needs to create visibility, one. But visibility is not interesting. You see, okay, what you do. So first visibility, and then she needs to influence on the execution. She needs to create something. And the last thing was the analytics. I read a book in 2005 called Sense and Respond. Now, this book changed my life. It was written by Stephen, Stephen Perry about sales, not about supply chain. And he spoke about the fact that we need to sense in order to respond. I said, well, good idea. In the supply chain, how are we sensing? What are the sensors and how right. are we responding? So this is the digital, the automation. Now, in the UK, when you go to the tube, the first time I've been there, they, they announced, mind the gap. Have you heard? Yeah. Mind the gap. So the first time I said, well, what's wrong with them? Why are they saying that? I know there is a gap. Why, why are they announcing it? And to, this is what we do to ourselves. Logivice is sensing, looking for the gaps between what we wanted to happen and what is happening. And she's shouting in smart way, mind the gap all day long. And this is the digital 
and this is the control tower. Now, you are asking what my customers, Unilo customer, can see inside, right? You said that. Yeah, the benefits. What? Okay, so we don't want them to look inside. Why? They can, by the way. They can see everything. Usually, a multi-enterprise supply chain, which our customers are part of it, they have their system. They have their ERP, CRM, they have WMS, they have freight, they have transportation, planning, all kinds of systems. They like to be there. This is their place. They just need feedback or, or things inside. So usually they don't get inside our brain, but they receive what they need like in many ways. If you think probably on your computer, you have a sticker saying Intel inside. What does it mean to you? You don't know how it works, but you know one thing for sure. You have the best usage of your resources in the device, the best performance. It's going to be fast. It's going to be great quality. The CPU inside your device, it's like Unilog inside the supply chain, like the control tower and the digital tool. This and is trust. I think what you're really explaining is trusting the system, trusting the partner that you're working with and knowing that the data is what you need and providing the solutions or the opportunities in which way can we go and trusting that data. Yes, because visibility, you said yourself, there is a lot of data. But when your shipment was supposed to be picked, and now it's half an hour before cutoff at the distribution center, and did the courier pick it or not? Because sometimes they don't scan it. So mm -hmm. let's say you see it was picked, it was not picked. Seeing is not enough. What's the action? Who is going to deal with it? Who is going to solve it? So we provide everything because just, Visibility for the sake of visibility is just another pile of data. What What is going on and what are you going to do with that? This is what we solved in many ways. I am so glad you said that. I've had so many discussions about visibility. Yeah. And I like I really like how you make everything so simple and especially the visibility comment about how, you know, it's just another pile of data. It's what you really use it for and how you use it and in the smart ways that you use it. Because like you said, if an order is not picked, well, what's the solution? It shouldn't have to wait for somebody to be able to say, oh, well, you know, maybe Eric needs to go get that or something like that. The system should be making those adjustments in real time for you. And I love that. And I've been having Having, you know, more and more conversations about the need for flexibility and customizable solutions because one size doesn't fit all. Not everybody's supply chains are the same. And actually, you know, it seems like one of the reasons that the infamous Excel has continued to stick around is that people can customize it, right? They can create what they need rather than trying to force their workflows into a solution that wasn't made for them. So tell us what that looks like with Unilog, because you talk a lot about customized design. How do you work with your customers, and why is that so important? When, when you asked me that, I said to myself, you're a genius. Why? Because when we thought about it, if you think about organizations, everyone, you are so right about the Excel. 
And if you think about an, any organization, they give you their ERP, CRM, whatever tools, they say to you, this is the process. But in order to be efficient, they trust you, you will use the Excel the right way, and everybody does that. They feed the beast with the information, or it's managing the process, but actually people are using Excel in order to grow and develop and have insight and performance, etc. So it's, it's such a good question because what we've done is, if you take Logivice, the lady behind Unilog, this cloud-based supply chain software, it's a huge Excel in a way because each individual within this chain, which is very different needs, can fit by himself what he wants. He can create his Excel by himself. He doesn't need to fit into the solution. Now, fitting it, think about Lego. Lego is the supply chain because you have the bricks. It's just that today you want them maybe in a different way or, or you want to add a, a brick or you want to break it and rebuild it. So why is it so hard? When we approach our development team, we say to them, we are asking ourselves to be agile, to be flexible, to change constantly, to fit ourselves. Well, here is the good news. You need to do the same because developers, they start with no. No, they explain to you why not. But they created for us exactly that. And there is a tweet which I want to read. Uh, a tweet made by Joe Barrett from IBM. And he said, no two days are ever the same in the supply chain. And the systems we use just don't support that. Well, we know this is what you said. This is why everybody is using Excel. So we don't, do not use Excel. We use Logivice. Our team and our customers do not use Excel. And uh, this is what we do. Simple. I love that. And such another great analogy, bringing it back to Lego. It's really about building the blocks and building the technology of what we need. Because like he said, no two days in supply chain are the same. And so you have to partner with somebody who is agile and flexible and almost thinking like two steps ahead, which it sounds like what you're doing mm -hmm. at Unilog. And I think the other thing that stood out to me when you're talking about these solutions is that you have used the words feasible and achievable, which are just really so important. There's so much talk about all these high-tech solutions that are on the market these days. But if your company isn't ready and your culture isn't ready, they're not going to get you anywhere. And so it's really refreshing to see a clear focus on solutions that are feasible for that business to work with ongoing. So talk to us about that. Why is that so important? Thank you. Um it's, think about 4PL for a second. 4PL, many organizations are a 4PL for themselves. If you take, for example, Cisco, they have a huge team. They are their own 4PL. They operate many service providers. They have their tools, their people. And when you look at it, might be those Cisco's and Dell's Maybe they have the tools that they need. Most companies, small, medium, and even the 2 billion, 3 billion companies, 
very complicated. It's not feasible. It's not achievable. You see such a project, it's hard. Yet, when we started, as I said, we wanted five things. One of them was technology, global methodology, technology, people, and dynamic integration. So I come from EY, as I said. I went to the market to see what kind of systems are there. I've seen them all. Some of them are great, great. But the problem was, it was so expensive. As a young company, we couldn't afford it. But let's say money is not an issue. Okay, you have a lot of money. Then what we see is that in order to fit it to your constant change, you need, again, you need, it's taking time to change. It's long, it's complicated, it's not us. And this brought us to the point to create our own tool, which companies that work with us get it as part of the service. But let's say you, you are listening now, and you want this. It's not, I don't think it's as that expensive as what I see in the market. It's easy to implement. It's fast. You can move fast. You don't need to make, it's not such a huge decision. Change. It's a Lego. Play with it. So you built it that way. In two weeks, you need something else. So this is what we built. And this is what we offer. And, and I think, you know, I talk a lot about uh, supply chain and logistics really being a competitive advantage. How do you help to really maximize the competitive advantages that logistics and supply chains offer a business? How have you seen that within your customers? It, it's relatively simple answer, I think, because once you understand the business need, we are focusing on what do they want to achieve business-wide. At the end of 2022, we will sit with them and the questions will be, okay, what's the plan? What the, what's the plan for 2023? New products, new markets, new services. What are you planning? Consignment? Okay. So once we understand what they want to do, we design what they need in order to support them. They need just to grow and grow. We have customers that we started, they, they've been X in the size, now they are 50X. And our role is to make sure that they will be able to constantly change and not say, no, it's impossible to bring from Brazil to Mexico. No, it's impossible to have this service. No, it's, no. How are we going to do that? When we had COVID, March 15, for Unilog, it was nothing. We were walking from distance as, as a DNA. For us to move locations, not being present is nothing. We splitted, we tripled, we grew by, I think, 300% from distance. So this is how we support them to grow. Awesome. And, you know, I think it's so incredible. I mean, to be able to partner with somebody to help you not only grow, but also use the supply chain as a competitive advantage. I mean, that's huge for any business. But before we move on to the last question, so ideal client, case study, I want to touch on your personal ethos because I know you are passionate about women's empowerment. You're a mentor and you take pride in managing a diverse team. And that comes across, I think, in Unilog's ethos as well. 
on the website. It talks about the team coming from different backgrounds and bringing radically different points of views together, which really is where the magic comes from. So why is it so important to you personally, to Unilog and to the industry? Why should more companies be embracing this way of working? About women, I, I can speak a full day. I know. Uh, diversity. Dynamic integration was one of the things we wanted to achieve, and the, the responsibility is on us. Now, what is dynamic integration, and what is integration? It's not just IT. At the end, it's people. Supply chain or supply chain network, call it whatever. At the end, it is all about the people. Now, when you are a global, you need to work with different cultures, languages, ages. So if you do that, how can, if I will not be that, if I am, meaning Unilog, will not be diverse, how am I going to work with Japan, with Brazil, with the US, with France? I need to have diversity. And, and another thing is that we have very young people in the company, you know, 21. They bring their point of view. They are coming from different places. And someone is coming from planning, someone from freight forwarding, someone from technology. So it is helping Unilog to be this great CPU inside because it's got this diversity. And I will say that I love people. I love supply chain. But I also love people. And I think that if you have in your company a diverse group, you benefit from it. Unilog at the end of the day was, is always changing and the people contributes to our growth. And I think if I was only, let's say, only Israelis, only the age of 30 to 40, then for sure I was not at the place I am. And with regards to women, um, I think it's very important. I want to see more of us around the table of the decision-making. When I approach my vendors, my service providers, if I'm getting into a meeting and in the room, the decision-makers, I don't see... A, a woman there, or two, or three, I'm saying to the CEO, if you want to do business together, I think you should start and change. I, two years from now, I expect to step in, and I want to see more diversity uh, with regards to that. So, yes, it's important to me. Well done. And so it drives your business, but it also drives the partnerships that you create with the people that you're working with. And so you're actively making a change. You're actively helping to see visible change that you want to see in the industry and making it known. And understanding or companies understanding that to partner with you this is what needs to happen. And I love that. And thank you so much for putting yourself on the line, putting your company on the line to create that visible change. So let's talk about your ideal client. What do I look like? Who am I? Do you have an ideal client? So if I'm sitting in the audience thinking, I love what Unilog's doing, but I don't know if I'm the right fit. What would you say to them? First, if you feel that you are the right fit, it's a good start because it means maybe you, there is a pain 
that you are facing and you think, oh, maybe I can talk to those guys. But to keep it simple, again, to put it in a box, if you are within those verticals, I said, then then we, we can sure have a, a chat because you need such a solution. So the first question is the verticals. The second is the size. We, as you said, you said uh, one solution doesn't fit all. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the same goes with us. Uh, it might be you are a startup. We will help you to grow and to build yourself. It might be you are a huge company like NVIDIA. Uh, so it depends who you are, but we can work with all of them within those verticals. This is one. The second uh, ideal client, if he's listening, hello, call me. Um, he, he might be a 4PL by himself. He might be a 4PL that's struggling with the things we were struggling six years ago. And he's saying, okay, wow, it will help me. Or he, it might be, by the way, a company like Cisco, which they are their own 4PL, and they can use Logivice in order to solve those, those challenges. So those are our ideal, I would say, clients. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And now it's time for one of my favorite questions, the case study. So can you paint us a picture of how you've worked with one of your customers? What was the challenge that they came to you with? Which of your solutions did you work with them? And what was the impact or ROI of that solution? I don't want to insult any client because I love them all. And I will... You don't have to say their name. Okay, so... I will take one, which is, I think, the new type of clients I'm going to see more and more. Why? Okay. He doesn't understand supply chain at all. He is in the 3D printing, okay? They have their own machine. We met a little bit before COVID. They just finished the version two, let's say, of the product and, and started to scale in the world. Clueless in supply chain, all engineers, you know, uh, marketing. Now, okay, we will take a VP operation. And they met us. And we said to them, you don't wait. So for them, they don't know anything. They don't know how a warehouse is looking like, how what is inbound. How, they don't speak the language. They don't know. And they are buying supply chain as a service global fulfillment and service parts, if you want to say it that way, they grew in the past two years, I think, uh, 170% in the last wow. year and, and, and keep growing. And they have already five locations globally. But again, they don't understand what the CPU is doing. They, it's working. They say what they want, where are they going, and we just make it happen. We manage all their subcontractors, all their everything, all their customers, everything. Amazing. That's a really great story. And for them to be growing so much and for you to be a part of that growth, I mean, just goes to show what kind of partner that you are and how how what you've been talking about this whole episode and helping your clients grow actually turns into, you know, a real world example. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Now, you and I could talk all day, but I want, we've come to our last question. What does the future hold for Unilog? What's exciting? What are you working on? 
<laughs> okay. So um, we are very excited because we are working on really amazing projects. Uh, one of them, Remember Sense and Response. So we are working uh, with a very famous company. I will, I will keep the name now. Uh, okay. which we have, uh, maybe one day you will host the two of us, the two CEOs. Uh, they created a, a cellular label, which allows us to do this, all those wonderful things, because it's a great, great uh, device. And they chose Unilog or Logivice to be the solution that goes together with this device. So for us, it's a huge opportunity. This is the first thing. And the second is what we called Unibytes. What is Unibytes? You have all the solution, but let's say you just want or you just need asset recovery or you just need a consignment. So you will be able by yourself, click, click, click through the web to buy the service that you want this hmm. capsule of service like Byte, and and it's got its API, it's automatic, it's, it's really great. We will launch the first one, the first Byte in October. So those are the main two. And of course, we will keep growing. We are a very uh, good 5PL, so we will probably grow uh, in the next few years in the same, the same pace that we did till now. That is fantastic. And I'm excited to see everything that you're working on and the impact that it's going to make within the industry. And I really didn't want to bring this conversation to an end. I've been having more and more conversations recently with guests who have been questioning this idea that technology is the answer to all of our problems. Because although the technology is great, in so many cases, we just aren't ready for it or they don't customize to what we need. And so I think a lot of companies can learn a lot from what Unilog is doing, taking that technology, but simplifying it, making it feasible, achievable, des designing solutions in partnership with their customers that come from a place of diversity, expertise, and with the desire to just deliver clear solutions that bring a competitive advantage. And we definitely need more of this mindset in the industry right now. So if you want to find out more, you can check them out at unilog.company. And a massive thanks to Aussie for joining me today and the team at Unilog for making this episode happen. Thank you so much, Aussie. Thank you, Sarah, for having us. I'm speaking on behalf of all of you, Unilog. It was great pleasure and, and I really enjoyed. I love supply chain and thank you for your time. What are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there too many steps and touches involved? If you have a vision for improvement, Fastenal can tailor a solution to help you get there. From automated bins that monitor your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that let you control and track the products that keep your business running. Fastenal has the ability and experience to help your supply chain. Go to fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it. Fastenal, where industry meets innovation.
If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, or our website, letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest and use the search bar on our website. Type in your keyword because if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had the solution on our show and you can listen to how they can help you solve that particular challenge. And remember to come back next week for this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series when I'll be joined by Margot Cargo Margot Waldi, and we are going to learn all about her journey in supply chain. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, or subscribe to our newsletter and join thousands who get our supply chain news every single week, and that's over at letstalksupplychain.com. Visit ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com, and go and check them out. They are streamlining the pricing of your ocean freight shipments, giving you access to more choices worldwide, and utilizing the best of data to reduce shipping risks and providing track and trace. And you won't want to miss out on this platform. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary over at letstalksupplychain.com in our shop. Or if you'd like the dictionary for free, it's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions. Go to Let's Talk Supply Chain on Instagram and DM us Talk One. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.